Okay, so uh, this is going to be the third episode ever of Why Would You Bring That Up? And uh, it is the continuation of the, the, the what we're opening the, the show, the podcast out with is a, is a three-part or four-part now series on sobriety. Um, and <clears throat> this is going to be the third episode. And uh, since you've already heard my story when it comes to sobriety and Cameron's, we wanted to bring somebody in who has more than a decade now been sober and has their own story and their own unique experiences to bring to the table, not just uh, not just talking about like why they got sober, but now how their life is different and what sobriety specifically has contributed to that. So without any further ado, Caleb, you want to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm, I'm Caleb. That's Caleb. Nailed it. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> we don't have to use the last name if you don't want to. It's no big deal. I haven't, I don't know if I've said my last name. No, and we're, we're also leaving out other, like, we yeah, forgot it, to tell you, you this if you too. Say, if you say it, we're trying not to say names, but if you do say a name and you go, oh, they don't, they won't let, you know, won't want to be on a podcast or mentioned, I can beep it out. So yeah. people I'll, will just I'll, think you said the F word. And, oh, that's good. That's that's the way we should start this. I like to burn as many personal bridges as I can, so let's do it. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, you're gonna fit in great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is really this is just a podcast about how to not get invited to Thanksgiving. So nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, we're all we're all nailing it. So <laughs> was that meant to sound sexual? Because it did. It yes. did. It yeah. did okay. slightly. Yeah. Yeah, okay. it's fine. It's fine. All right. Well. uh... Like I said, we're talking about sobriety, and we wanted to talk about your unique experience. So I am going to give you the floor, and uh, like we said before, share as much as you think is relevant and you're comfortable sharing. You go for it. Okay. Uh, well, I guess the best place to start... Um like I said, I, I, just a little bit of context, uh, just to kind of let you know the mindset of where I was at and uh, where I am currently, is uh, my upbringing, uh, family, uh, middle class, white, Southern Baptist. Uh, we were. My dad was a deacon my entire life. My mom taught Sunday school. You know. Um, we were at church every time the doors were open, you know, all that fun cliche stuff that you can say about Southern Christianity. And, uh, <clears throat> yeah, so that was, that was the majority of what people saw, uh, behind the scenes was a little bit more, um, you know, my, my relationship with my, my parents wasn't great. Um, part of that was, was their fault, you know, a little hypocritical nature and what people saw on Sundays and what was going on through through the week and then some of it was just me being rebellious and young but um like most people uh we, I got an uncle his name is uh is Tony we'll just call him Tony for this everybody's hey, everybody's got Tony. yeah everybody's got an uncle like this uh, he's he's the crazy uncle kind of let you do whatever you wanted to do and he was around more of an older brother less of an authority figure but uh <clears throat> yeah so Tony was a bit of a hero of mine. He was a high school football player, and and so that you know I was into football and sports, and so uh, 
yeah, we started spending a lot of time with Tony, kind of analyzing him and, and wanted to be like him. And uh, Tony had his own battles with addiction, still still fighting. He's been sober over almost two years now, so uh, good for him. Yeah, good for him. But uh, he got me started. Um, just, I mean, we started smoking weed. Uh, I was 12 the first time I smoked weed. Um, didn't really know what I was doing. I just knew Tony did it, and so let's do that. Yeah. Tony was <clears throat> almost 20 at this time, so uh, <coughs> and he, he just wanted a friend, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, then it started with, you know, well, don't tell your parents. And so that added a whole other component of, well, it was dangerous, so that also kind of made it a little bit of fun when you're a kid. And how, how, old, how much older are your parents than Tony? Oh, that's a good question. Is, it, is, is this your dad's brother or your it's, mom's brother? It's my mom's brother, okay. and uh, not that this matters, but Tony is adopted, so he's a, he's a little bit younger than my mother. Okay. okay. Uh, but like, I mean, 12 years, maybe, maybe more. Uh, I, th- I think right about 12 years, so, I mean, there, there's, a, there's a bit of an age gap there. But, um, yeah, so we started smoking weed, uh, smoked weed pretty regular. Tony moved on to harder stuff, but uh, he wanted to kind of protect me from that stuff. So, like, he wouldn't let me. He, he started doing some, you know, cocaine, some pills. Uh, he found his his real true vice uh, in heroin. Uh, so, over the next couple of years, Tony spent some time in, in rehabs in and out for heroin. And uh, so while he was in rehabs, I started looking for other places to, to hang out and smoke weed because I really enjoyed it. And um, so, yeah, and, and that led into, you know, a little bit of a change in my temperament because I was, at that point, I was still kind of figuring myself out. I mean, I'm 12. Who has their personality figured out at 12, you know, to be honest? And uh, I'm I'm short. I'm, I know you can't see this on a podcast, but I'm five foot seven. Uh, at my tallest in heels. So, um, and, and <clears throat> again, sports is a big part of my life. So I was little and, uh, that led into a bit of a Napoleon complex, uh, and, and to, to survive in, in sports, especially football, you had to be aggressive. So I got even more aggressive and more aggressive. And my, my parents pushed me very, very much. Uh, they would even admit that they pushed me probably too hard. Um, and too much in that area, so I got more aggressive, and that couldn't quite figure out how to leave that at sports. So that bled into life, and I got more aggressive with the people around me. Got in a lot of fights, um, you know, and and unfortunately, I never got got whooped. Uh, I don't know. That's that's a that's a southern term, so I'm assuming some of y'all <laughs> understand that. But yeah, I never got whooped, so I just kept fighting and kept assuming I was the baddest dude. So um, fighting <laughs> and aggression. Uh, you know, it is a dangerous game um, because you, you don't always channel your emotions in the best way when that happens. So uh, I turned to to more drugs and, and eventually alcohol uh, a couple years into smoking weed and finally started, you know, messing around with some pills and stuff. I uh, got into uh, drinking. And drinking was the only real addiction I think I've I've had, as far as a substance abuse um, issue. Um, I did a lot of cocaine uh, through the next few years. Um, 
And this is still in your teen years? Yeah, in okay. my teen years. Yeah. Uh, you also can't tell through a podcast, but I'm 32 right now, and I look about 50. Um, and that's been a theme throughout my entire life. I had a full beard at 13. Good for 50, though. You look good for Good. 50. I look a, like a, not, not Clooney good, but a good-looking 50. Yeah. Um, but no, like, so I never got carded, and not that a whole lot of people around here would card you anyway. But uh, so it was easy for me to buy alcohol. And uh, I really enjoyed alcohol. Um, what I didn't know, because in Southern Christian households, is you don't really talk about the the issues yeah. that you that people have. Yeah. You know, everything's you, everything's all good. We're all fine. Just keep that behind closed doors. What I didn't know is uh, my family has a long history of uh, alcohol abuse. Um, had never been talked about, um, and I do think that there is a genetic component or, you know, heredity, you know, I'm not a, I'm not any sort of scientist, so I, I can't speak to that definitively, but in, in my experiences and the people I've talked to, um, there is a, a, a at least a family tradition, as Hank like Williams a, would say. A predisposition, uh, predisposition, yes. Well, and in, yeah. in your defense, science can't even determine that right now so like no one has the answer to that one they they just all we just all have our own assumptions about it right it depends on which scientist you ask right and so you know not that anybody would try to dispute science in 2020 but um <laughs> yeah <laughs> so <laughs> that's a whole other podcast <laughs> um but uh, well why would you bring that up <laughs> yeah exactly exactly <laughs> just staying true um <laughs> But yeah, so I found out that my my family has a long history of of alcohol abuse. I I did not know this at the time. Um, you know, my my as soon as my great grandfather, uh, who was alive when I was born, I never met him. He died before I was old enough to to remember meeting him. Uh, was a moonshiner, as most people around here were. But like, uh, dude was, <laughs> dude was. Uh, still turning turning out moonshine well into the 90s. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a thing. And, um, yeah, and and my, my grandfather had issues. Like, you know, he he, he had a, a, a pretty significant car wreck um, in my teen years, and I was really close with him. And so we never really got to have that conversation because he's somebody I would have actually opened up to. So instead I became a closeted, what I didn't know at the time, alcoholic. And... Um, Especially around here, people throw out the term alcoholic quite often in, in church circles, especially. Uh, you know, you're giving your testimony and it's, you know, you want to make it as sensational so your friends look at you all crazy. Um, I wasn't I wasn't a party drinker, which is what most people around here would say they're an alcoholic. Is I, I, I you know, I go to a party and I get drunk and that's fine. No, um, for me, it, it, at a very early age, I would say probably 16 was the, the moment I became dependent. Um, I, I would wake up and drink. I would fill water bottles um, full of vodka and drink through school. Um, we, I'd do cocaine before football practices, uh, you know, and then and then drink after that. Um, and and whatever whatever people have internally that tells them enough is enough uh, or to stop, I don't have um, in, in pretty much anything in my life. Um, and we, you know, I'm sure there's more science to that too, but I, I just don't, I don't, whatever I can get my hands on even now, um, you know, I, I, we're smoking cigars at the moment and, uh, I still smoke cigars way too much and way too fast. And I joke about it, but like, uh, I, I just don't have whatever tells people to stop. I, I don't, I don't have it. I lack a lot of self-control when it comes to 
um, you know. Anything. Any, anything. Mo- yeah, pretty much anything. Yeah, yeah. Anything you enjoy. It, it's like, it, it, I enjoy it. Let's keep going. I'm going I to enjoy it. it. Like, yeah. like, so even something dumb, I'm sure, you know, people will relate to this. When it comes to, like, like gaming, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not a big gamer, but, like, Xbox, like, I will play a game until I cannot stand to play that game anymore. And then, and then and, play it another day. And then yeah. play it more. Like, yeah. it, it's... Like it, it's it's sad to say as an adult that like I just I don't have self control. So, um, and as a, as a teenager, I, I especially didn't. Um, and my parents were gone uh, quite often. Uh, my dad was a wrestling coach, um, and my my younger brother uh, was a very good wrestler. Uh, was on state teams that would travel and do all these tournaments nationally and stuff so they'd be I gone they'd be gone for long stretches yeah. and so that led to not only did I have it and was able to hide it but when I wasn't like when I didn't have to hide it it got so much worse um and then I met my now wife uh I was 15 and uh she actually wouldn't date me the first time because I was selling weed at this point um, and she knew that, and she was a good Christian girl who used to go on mission trips to Honduras and, you know, all that crap. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, that's, and so she wouldn't date me like legit. And so I, I lied to her and told her that I, I actually did quit selling and, and told her that I was, I was going to be done smoking weed. Uh, so I wound up hiding weed from her. She was fine with drinking cause she had never really been around it. And, uh, yeah, so, so. That added a whole other layer of like, now I'm dragging her down into my alcoholism. She started drinking quite a bit. Um, she was never an alcoholic. She just drank because I was, uh, which was all the time. And so, uh, yeah. And like I said, by the time I turned 16, I was full blown alcoholic. Um, but almost like about a year into that, I would get like shakes and stuff if I was sober. There's there was a stretch from from. 16 to 18 where I don't know that I had much of a sober hour much less like a sober day um it was very dangerous um and then college happened uh which I didn't move far away uh moved from from where we're at now to about a, a, a university about 35 40 minutes from here uh so not far but I was living on campus and uh that led to even more opportunity uh, the cocaine got got a little bit more um, because, again... <laughs> it's readily available. It's readily available, and I couldn't stop. Uh, I started selling weed again, hiding all of that from my wife, which is it's a whole other layer of how good addicts can be at hiding stuff. I was a functional addict. That's a thing. I was... If you didn't know me... Like you would never, you would never think that there was anything I was ever on anything, ever doing anything. You just think, oh, that guy's full of energy at certain points, and then he's like angry at other points, and you know. It's like you overcompensate to try to to, to mask oh. the fact that you you have uh, an addiction. One hundred percent. My roommates, I uh, had two roommates. Uh, they knew I drank way too much. They told me I, I drank way too much. Um, I don't think they even knew because they would come home and they would see me drinking like a, you know, a Dr. Pepper or whatever. And, and, but they wouldn't know like, Oh, that Dr. Pepper is also about half of, uh, of it is, is, you know, whiskey, you know? Uh, and so, um, yeah, man, I I hid that, got kicked out of school actually for it. Um, I I didn't go to class obviously. And when I did it, I, I wasn't doing, doing well. 
Um, so yeah, I wound up 18 back at home and, uh, things got worse, uh, even still because then my relationship with my parents deteriorated even more. Mm-hmm. Um, cause they had kind of found out that I was a partier that they didn't even know the extent. And, uh, yeah. So, and at that point I had really fine tuned my craft of hiding it, especially in like a dorm room where you're getting dorm checks. So I, I knew how to hide stuff, uh, how to act, um, the things to avoid. And uh, I had I moved back home and, and had my group of friends that I had grown up with that I hadn't you know seen in about a year. So uh, we started hanging out. None of them really did drugs, um, but they did like to drink. And so that got worse and we were partying a lot more. Um, and at parties, I'm, I'm also a bit of a... Uh, social butterfly I don't know when I get around people I get so much louder my personality gets even bigger uh yeah than it, than it does like in a small group or in my own settings when I'm especially at that point was wallowing in uh you know at least some form of depression and repressed anger um but um yeah and so so when 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 the party was going I ramped up even more um got to some very dangerous levels um yeah, and and then all of a sudden they quit drinking. Um, they all found Jesus, as as we would say around here, uh, and that was still not something I was ready to deal with. Uh, eight, I'm 18 at this point, so just keep trying to come back to the timeline. I feel like I'm jumping all over the place. I probably <laughs> try not to use the uh, church terms, but um, yeah. So it's, it's hard once you're used to. Using... It's hard. It really is, and it's not even part of my normal vernacular. But when I get to talking about this stuff, it's like really hard to not to revert almost. It's like you you, you grow up learning these classifications, and you don't know how else to describe it when somebody might not know what you're talking about when you say a like a generational curse mm-hmm. or uh, I'm drawing a blank on any other church talk because i've kind of purged myself of that but yeah well the one that always cracked me up was the term backslid but that's neither here nor there <laughs> yeah yeah but um yeah so they got back into church i did not was and and so then there was this this gap in my life of like people i was spending a, a whole hell of a lot of time with um were now no longer there doing the things i was and then they would almost they they didn't intentionally and looking back they they didn't at all but I definitely felt isolated uh, because I, I wasn't part of that life, their life anymore. Uh, so uh, that got worse. I, I found some other friends that that were even heavier into cocaine um, that I didn't have to hide my addictions from at all. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it, it got pretty pretty bad there for a minute. And then, um, yeah, so then one of my buddies decided, hey. I'm going to be a preacher. And that was hilarious to me because this dude was not a preacher in any sense of the term, like in anything that I had grown up with. Um, I'd seen him, you know, doing all sorts of crazy stuff. And, um, yeah, and so they kept on me and almost badgering me about coming to church with them, and I didn't want to do that. Um, church had been a part of my life for so long, and it was a part of my life that I hated, um, any sort of religion at all. I, I, I wasn't just like apathetic towards I straight hated um that was a part of my my upbringing that I had no use for anymore and uh 
so finally it got to the point where I was like, I, I just looked at him and I was like, dude, listen, I'll come listen to you preach or whatever. But like when I come after that, it's done. Like, I don't want to hear you say anything else to me. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Basically, it was just my way of getting them to shut up. You know, I, I'm, I'm not one to deal with, with badgering very often. So uh, he agreed. He was like, all right, man. Yeah, sure. And uh, so I went and this I about said a bad word. This, <laughs> well, it's a good term for it, peckerhead, um, <laughs> decided that he was going to talk about forgiveness. Okay, and so I get there, and it's not forgiveness in the way that, that God forgives you. I've heard that my whole life. To me, at this point in my life, it was BS. Um, but he starts talking about he's forgiven the people that kind of led him into the the lifestyle that he was living. And that was me. I, I started out like as his dealer. I started out as the guy that was getting him alcohol. Uh, you know, I was dragging him to all these parties and stuff. And so I, I was like, dude, you straight up talking about me. So then I just got pissed. And I looked at, we still weren't married. I looked at my my girlfriend, my now wife, and, and I, I literally said to her, she will vouch for this. Um, I'm going to go outside. And I showed up. I should also preface this. I showed up to church that morning um, pretty, pretty already hammered drunk and was hopped up on, on almost an entire eight ball of cocaine. Um, so I, I looked at her and I said, I'm going to go out the parking lot. I'm going to I'm going to run another line or two. And when he's done, tell him to come outside. I'm going to punch him right in his face. So she know she knows about your. At this point, she 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 knew it was just one of those things that she didn't talk about. Okay, I'm, so I'm I'm a scary person. Like now, I'm intimidating to some people. When I was on cocaine and especially drunk, bro, I was as aggressive and mean as anybody I've ever met in my life. Like I wouldn't have, I wouldn't talk to me now. Like I would almost be scared to talk. Like I'm not I'm not trying to overblow this. There, there are people that, I mean, even Mal knows on a personal level that would tell you, I was not a person that you, that you trifled with. That's a fun word. I just, I didn't know what else to say there. Uh, you can bleep <laughs> that out and make it sound like I said, you know, the no, F it word. Works. It, works. Uh, it does work, but it, you know, it's a cliche. I try to avoid this, but, um, yeah, so she knew at this point, that's a, that's something I, she, she knew by the time I moved back home from college that it was bad. Um, and I'd kind of let her in on some things. There's a funny story, um, just a little rabbit trail here to get into this. Oh, this yeah. This, yeah we, we, we almost named this the rabbit trail, so yeah. go for it. We didn't actually talk about it, but it was an idea that I kicked around. It would have been a good name, knowing you guys. So, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, go ahead. I'm going to take that as a compliment. Oh, it's definitely a compliment. Okay, I love it. It's my favorite thing in a conversation is to rabbit trail, and no one has any idea what the F you were talking about. Um, so... Uh, yeah, we're we're I'm I'm at college, right? And I get a call one night from from Jade. Uh, well, I guess we can say her name. She I don't think she'll care. <laughs> um, I get a call from Jade, and she is crying. And I thought, oh god, you know, like my my mind's running a hundred different ways. Like I'm like, all right, she's been in a wreck. She got into something with her dad. Uh, her dad's a very traditional, super sweet guy, but like he did tend to be a little bit overbearing. And, um, or like, you know, she found out I was doing all sorts of drugs and, and had, nah, she calls me high off her ass. Mm. I just smoked weed and I'm high and I'm eating peanuts and I'm so sorry. I made you quit smoking weed and I'm smoking <laughs> weed. 
bro, you would have you would have thought she was she you would have thought that she, like she was on some like crazy bender the way she was talking like I'm she was she was just, I'm just I'm so high and I just I'm eating peanuts like that was like that was gonna make me feel worse the I peanuts mean, the unlocked. peanuts yeah like that was the, and I'm and I'm here and I'm eating peanuts and I'm high. And I, I was would like, kill for that apology from my mother. <laughs> yeah, and I, so I told I told her I was like, yeah, you should probably keep eating peanuts. That's good for it. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, hell yeah. Like if you ain't got no Doritos, peanuts yeah. is a good substitute. Like it's crunchy and it's salty. It's yeah, delicious. Drizzle some honey on them, then you'd really be out of your mind. And so I did what any caring, loving person, as I've told y'all that that I was at this point. I mm-hmm. laughed at her for like a solid thirty mm-hmm. seconds, kind yeah. of the way I did when you called me about your gout. Um, yeah. I like a, a, I had to work that in there. Yes, <laughs> my my my, fa- my favorite golden girl over here. But uh, no, yeah. Call me so, Blanche. <laughs> so so I did. I just laughed. Like I mean, hard. Like horse laughed. Hurt my stomach. Thought I was going to throw up. I was laughing so hard. And she is crying even harder. And she's like, "What are you laughing at?" No, I just couldn't. I was like, "Give me a minute." And uh, I told her, "I was like, hey, listen, I've been lying to you at this point for almost two years. I never quit smoking weed." And she, she was like, "Oh, okay. Well, I feel better now." And I was like, "Okay, eat your peanuts." And that was the end of the conversation, right? So that was how Jade found out I have I was still doing drugs. Okay. Uh, again, I was very good at hiding it to the point where like. I was changing clothes in the car so she wouldn't smell it on me. She just thought I constantly smoked cigarettes. I did smoke cigarettes a lot, but uh, nowhere near as much as I smoked weed. So, but anyway, um, yeah. So, so I, I told told her. I looked at her. I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna punch my buddy in the face when he gets done preaching. Tell him to go straight from the pulpit to the parking lot, and I'm gonna let him meet Jesus. Like I was so pissed. And it would have happened because I'm much, much bigger than he is as far as physical size. I'm also fat. And I didn't mention that. Um, so I, I'm, I'm walking to the back of this little bitty country church. And here's here's the part where I'm going to lose some of you, okay? And I'm, I apologize, but I'm just going to tell you. I mean, it's 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 my story. There, I don't know what else to tell you. you know? Yeah, don't apologize for your story, man. Yeah, yeah fuck but, them. Yeah, but <laughs> but but I, this, just let me get this out, and then don't turn this off. Let me like listen to all of it. Um, I get to the back, and I straight up pass out. I'm okay? turning it off. I would too. <laughs> I, I pass out, and w- at the moment, I didn't realize, like, I didn't know what happened. Uh, I come conscious, like, literally, not, I hadn't, I, when I say pass out, I didn't hit the floor or anything. I wake up into some sort of consciousness, and I'm at the front of the church in what we would call an altar, okay? Again, I had no use for God, religion, the church, Christianity, nothing. And I'm, I'm at this altar, and I'm like, what is happening? How did I get here? And I, I'm having this weird experience, okay, where I very clearly felt um, forgiveness. Take that for what it's worth. Um, forgiveness for being mad at God. Forgiveness for all the terrible things I had done to other people. All the terrible things I was still doing to, to myself. Um, I just felt forgiveness. And that was the first time in my life... Uh, in a, in a very long time that I had felt not judged or seen as the angry, 
um, dwarf. We'll, we'll call me a dwarf. Um, because, I, again, I look like Gimli from Lord of the Rings. Just picture it all, okay? That's what you need to picture. And uh, yeah, now Cameron's seeing yeah, it. Yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Gim. I'm Gimli without the wooden shield. That okay, still counts as one. It's my axe. Um, <laughs> so that was funny. Um, so so like that was the first time though. I didn't feel. I didn't feel like a complete and total piece of shit. And that that for, in a long long time. Um, and that was that was something uh, that I valued and greatly desired and didn't know that I desired. Uh and this is, whenever you say you passed out, like you just mean you blacked out. And I you, straight blacked out. And you and came to, and you're still real life in front of the, this isn't like a hallucination. No, this is, no, okay. I'm, I'm, I was at the back door. The next thing I know, when I say I passed out, there's a moment in time, a gap where I don't know how I got from the back door to the front of the church. Okay. 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 Uh, that's a good clarification. Yeah. For, I, just, for people I just wanted that, to make sure you weren't just like seeing. No, 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 no. Uh, this was all very real. Um, if it wasn't, it was a shared experience by, you know, close to a hundred people. So, um, we're, we're, we're there. And, and so, and I was sober, like, and I, and I hadn't felt what that was like in a long time. I remind you, I had, I had done a lot of cocaine and was already hammered drunk and in the blink of an eye, I was sober, um, very sober. And so my wife looks at me and she's like, yeah, I'm, I'm done are you done? And I said, yeah, I'm done. So we decided that moment that like, all right, sobriety is going to be something that we're going to do moving forward. Um, we didn't really talk much beyond that because I had to get to work. Um, so on my way home, I decide I grab every bit of, cause I hit a lot of stuff in my, my, in my car. I had a four runner. Uh, it was my, my favorite car that I've ever owned. It was a 97 four runner, uh, limited, all that fun stuff. So like, but it had like a lot of what I what I what I call a, a pirate hatches that you you could hide stuff in uh, that no one would ever find. Like I couldn't even remember half of it. I'm probably you know when I sold the car, I probably had some weed hidden somewhere. Um, but I, I I gathered everything I could find, remembered where it was at, and I threw it out the window, going down this back road, and so somebody that's walking in that ditch that day. Found a jackpot. Yeah, found a gold mine. A hell of a lot of <laughs> that's the Lord's work, right? Yeah, there. <laughs> a hell of a lot of weed and cocaine. Uh, I so I went so far like music played a big part in my life. Like I, you know, again, I was angsty kid, so like a lot of metal music and stuff. And I was like, all right, well, I can't be doing that because that's automatically going to take me to a place where I'm angry again. Because that's music altered my mood too, and so. I, I grabbed my, my, we still had CDs at this point. Uh, for you kids that don't know, those are flat discs with a <laughs> hole in the middle uh, with music <laughs> imprinted on them. And uh, so I, I threw I threw the whole CD case, because that was also a thing, out the window. And so, yeah, whoever was walking down the road, if they happened to be some sort of like metal cocaine head, uh, they would have loved it. Um, they got the South Cleveland starter kit right there. That's right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they sure did. So uh, if only there was a little meth. That was the one drug I never tried because uh, I like my teeth. Um, I'm vain about my teeth, man. I don't. That's weird, I know, but um, <laughs> spoken like someone who's never tried meth. That's what I'm saying. I've never tried it. I had, a, I had a, so not only was so I talked about my uncle Tony. Not only was my uncle Tony, you know, had his issues. I have an aunt that is still currently a meth head. So like. Mm -hmm. And she abandoned her family and stuff because of it. So, like, like I said, long history of, <laughs> of, 
drug abuse. And, and you know, you never knew about any of that. Uh, we up. knew about her whenever she took off. Uh, uh, I knew about my uncle because I was there uh, most of the time. But yeah, like, as yeah, far yeah, as yeah. like the rest of the family, no, I had no clue. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I seen what meth did to my aunt. I was like, I'm not messing with that. That's too much. Uh, and and cocaine got me where I needed to go. So, um, <clears throat> but yeah, and I got home and decided, all right. Yeah, I, I, if I leave this stuff in the house until I get home from work, I'm going to just come back and get drunk. Because that was about all I had in my room. And so I, I just start emptying alcohol. Uh, it's in the bathtub because I couldn't get it to drain fast enough in the sink. And, like, you know, we're dumping everything out. We, my wife uh, is there. She's helping me. We're, we're, we cleaned everything out, like I, everything. Um, gave her <laughs> all the drugs that I did have in my room, not a whole lot, but I gave them to her. I was like, you need to get rid of these. Um and and we did. And on my way to work, I left the house on my way to work. I called my parents. I uh, called my dad. Um, at this point, my dad and my and mine, mine, mine I don't know, weird. Um, Your relationship. Our relationship had yeah, yeah, had had mended. Uh, dad had come. A, had had also had a bit of a life change where he he wasn't pushing me in sports and wasn't around that. And so he turned into a. Um, yeah, wow, got weirdly emotional. Uh, got uh, turned into an exceptional parent um, <clears throat> that was very supportive. And so, uh, yeah, even when I didn't deserve it, and so that was fun. Um, just, just I'm going to step in real quick. Yeah, you're fine, man. Uh, i, I got to relight my cigar anyway. Yeah. So. so far, we are two for two as far as crying on episodes. So if it comes up, Three for a uh, three for three. Oh well, I mean, well, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I was if, oh, if, yeah, it, yeah. if it comes up and you need a minute, like you're good, man. You're good. Who cried? Yeah, go for it. I'm, j- I'm just saying. <clears throat> we both cried. I'm just saying. No, I'm, I'm, I'm joking. I definitely almost I teared up there for a minute. That's fine, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Dad gets me a little emotional, but um, hmm. <clears throat> yeah. So I, I called him because uh, that felt like something I needed to do, and was just at, literally my dad goes, "Hey, what's going on?" And I was like, "Hey." I just want you to know I'm 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 done, and he knew immediately. Mind you, my parents had no idea that I drank, smoked anything. They knew I smoked cigars and I dipped. That was the extent of what my parents knew. That's how much they either wanted to live in denial or how well I was at hiding it. I like to think I was really good at hiding it, but you know that's not always the case. Sometimes parents just choose naivety, yeah. um, and so uh, yeah, and and he's like. Oh, you know, I want to talk more about this. He starts crying on the phone. I'm crying. It was gross. And uh, get to work. Have so I did, and this is one of the things uh, when I when I my story is dangerous. Okay, my story is dangerous. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump a little bit ahead and then come back. I I've never had a relapse. Okay, I, this was 2007 that I got sober. This was July of 2007. I've never had a relapse, so that's that's a little over 13 years at this point. Um, never had a relapse, and I also never had any sort of withdrawal. Remind, I, I said I I got shakes when I when I wasn't some sort of intoxicated. It wasn't even just intoxicated, but yeah, I mean, it, altered. It, if if my state wasn't altered chemically, yes, I I had some sort of physical response. Um, whether it was like really bad mood swings, throwing up, hand shaking, like it was, you know, I never, I never had, I never experienced that anymore after, after that day. Um, 
that's dangerous um, because people will hear that and be like, well, why? Especially if you are religious, you know, why didn't God do that for me? Why doesn't God do that for my family? Why doesn't, you know, why is my dad still an a-hole whenever, you know, I get it. Um, that's dangerous. And I, I wish I could tell you why um, that happened to me and why God chose to let me be that way. I, I don't know. <clears throat> Um, I don't, I don't have an answer and I, I wish I could. Um, I still do quite a bit of, I'm, it, it's, I'm not a counselor or anything, but I do still have support and I'm actually, you know, a sponsor for a couple guys that are in NA right now. Um, you know, and, and, and I've had to tell them like, listen, my story's not, not, it's not good for you to hear because you're just going to be like, okay, well, I'm struggling. God must hate me. And that's not the case. I don't know why God chose to let me do it without withdrawals or anything. I don't, I don't know. Um, but that's not to say I don't have, I don't still have struggles and don't still have, you know, God almighty. Just this last six months, I've, my sobriety has been tested harder. Um, and I've come closer to just completely blowing it away. Um, <laughs> blow. <laughs> um, I've come is close. That a drug reference. It is Johnny Depp, um, <laughs> Penelope Cruz, which is which is ironic <clears throat> because you suck it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah so, it's it's yeah. weird. Why do, yeah, anyway, yeah, I, yeah. Um, but yeah, like so, <laughs> I've I've come closer these last six months to to um, completely blowing my sobriety. Um, and I wish I could say it was like some sort of self control. I've already established I have none of that. It's by the checks and balances that I've put in place in my life. So <laughs> to say that, circling back. I, I'm at work and I look at my coworkers, not my boss, because that would be dumb. But I look at my coworkers and I just straight up tell them, like, "Hey, I just want you to know, uh, this is the first time you've ever met me sober. Um, I've been an alcoholic for you know years, and especially as long as you've known me. And uh, you know, if 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 you see me acting weird, I need you to say something. Like, you know. And what I found wasn't that people heard that and were like, "Oh, you piece of shit," you know, like, "Oh, how dare you." It was most of the time like, oh, man, good for you. Yeah, anything I can do to help. You know what I mean? And so, like, then that put a a real responsibility, I guess, is the word. I don't, I don't know if that's the proper word, on me to stay sober. So in the days that it was hard, I, I would just be like, well, they're going to look at me differently if they know I slipped back. They're going to see me as a failure. Uh, and so that kind of drove me to stay sober. Um, and I did the same. I got home, uh, <clears throat> told my parents. Like, you know, just very blanket statement. Hey, just so you know, I've, I've been an alcoholic and I've done drugs. So I'm, I'm going to need y'all to keep a closer eye on me. I showed them my hiding spots. Um, my mom, who I did not have a good relationship at this point in time, um, woke me up the next morning. It was it was very weird. Uh, and she woke me up. And she's like, hey, let's go get breakfast. And I was like, okay. And, and I kind of knew what was coming, but I didn't know. And we sit down at the Cracker Barrel, as you do. Mm-hmm. And she, she says, tell me everything. And I knew she didn't want to know everything, but she swears that she did. So I open up. I get about 10 minutes into, okay, I've done this, this, you know, there was. And, and what's bad is when you start telling these stories, it almost turns into like, how bad can I make it sound? But it's like, if you lived it, it doesn't come across that way. She thought I was making some of it up. It got so crazy. And, uh, she, she literally looked at me and was like, okay, that's enough. And, uh, and, and I was like, okay, yeah, we'll, 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 okay. And she's like, yeah, I've heard all I need to hear. And, and so we never really talked about it again. 
Um, all my friends, I told, I told them like, Hey, you know, just so you know. And so I'm setting up this whole network of people that are with me. I mean, they can't be with me 24 seven, but I've got people that are around me. You know, my, my now wife, my parents, my coworkers, my friends, they all know, and they're holding me accountable. accountable. Yeah. Uh, whether they actually did or not, but in my mind, I set it up to where they were going to hold me accountable. And I didn't want to let them down. Uh, you were kind of more holding yourself accountable. Yeah. Because, I mean, they wouldn't be able to tell, but you would know. Oh, no. And and like I said, there, if I wanted to do something, there was nothing they were going to do. Stop it. Like, what are they really going to do? You and know? You, you were pro- even still, you probably are good at hiding it. Oh, like that's, 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 a, that's, a, that's a skill that quotation marks on skill. That's a skill that I don't think. It's like riding your bike or tying your shoes. You just can't. Oh, I'm still great at hiding stuff. Yeah, you yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. can. So, yeah, like I still, you know, that, that's. But you know, you'd be lying to yourself. <laughs> yeah, and so you know, I'm, I'm setting these things up, <clears throat> even if it is just for my own psyche. Uh, you know, it did help. Um, and then, so, so it's a little off topic, kind of along the same lines. It's part of the story. Um, I replaced one of or my addictions with another. Oh, Cameron shaking his head. Thank as you. We, as we Thank all you. do. Thank yeah. you. So, yeah. And so um, <clears throat> I, I was, I went straight from the addict to pouring myself into the church life, what I thought was expected of me there. Um, I'm talking like I'm with my church friends. We're doing church things seven days a week. Like I, I ran myself ragged for years doing what I thought was the right thing to do for the church thing. Um, there, that, there's that. I was, I didn't, I didn't used to be fat. I know you can't imagine this, but a lot of where my cocaine addiction got, or like I said, cocaine wasn't really an addiction. Let's be honest. I did it a lot, it's, but I was never addicted to it. Um, was a lot of that came from, I was a power lifter. Uh, I was, uh, I, I did a couple competitions. Like I, I, I worked out a lot. And when I found out, or like I went back to the gym the first time and I found out that I couldn't do as many reps or as much weight um, or work out near as long as I could before, I pretty much gave that up. Probably should have substituted, you know, some sort of <laughs> workout addiction in there too. So then I wouldn't be fat now, but it is what it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, and so I, re- I just replaced one addiction with another. And then uh, one by one, my friends kind of fell away from church. Uh not going to use the term backslid here, but they, they did. They all went back to the party scene. Uh, that none, none of them were addicts or anything, but what you're nothing. That just, that just sucks, man. That well, well, yeah, 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 no, no, we can get back into it later. Yeah. But I mean, literally there, there was a group, um, about six of us. I'm I'm trying to think of who would have been in our group at that time because people come and go as, as life, you know, happens. Yeah. But, um, yeah, one by one and within two years, uh, they all fell away. Uh, went back to to that lifestyle. Some of them are still in it. Some of them are not. They found their way out when, you know, they got families or whatever good for them. Um, but yeah, so that left me alone. And uh, it was me and my wife, and that really solidified our relationship. Uh, we got married. Uh, yeah, pretty quickly after that. I think within a year, uh, we were married. And uh, yeah, and then. Uh, here we are now, 13 years, you know, 13 years later, we're, we're married, doing great. Um, I told you, 
I still have I still have issues with sobriety. I know that um, there are some people that can go back and and you know drink casually and be fine. I can't. Um, you know, for me, I would love to sit down and be able to have a beer and like watch a football game or or have a you know a, a glass of whiskey and 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 watch TV. But dude, for me. I, if I have one beer, I know one's going to turn into two and two's going to turn into me butt naked fighting a cop. Um, like it's going to happen. I say that jokingly, yeah, I, but, but yeah. that's also very, I say it jokingly hiding behind the humor. That's a very real fear of mine is cause I know <clears throat> I can't stop. Um, if you've ever even, uh, I think I know Mal has, I don't think you have, but if, if you're even with me at a dinner table, you see me with a Diet Coke, I'll drink 30 before the meal's done. That's not a joke. I can't imagine doing that with, with alcohol again because uh, I, I know I wouldn't stop. Uh, I wouldn't stop again. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, uh, so I have within, you know, a couple years of, of being married, uh, we're fast-forwarding <clears throat> to, like, you know, 2010, 2011-ish. Um, I started getting kidney stones real bad. Uh, like really bad and a doctor pumped me full of morphine that was scary uh, thank god nothing came of that um, but he also sent me home with a pill bottle full of hydros that was scary uh, that was the one where I was like okay what kept you from saying something do you think Oh, I did say something. I didn't say something to the doctor um, because at this point I don't know if you've ever had a kidney stone they are the effing worst yeah Okay, the effing worst. You're pissing shards of glass. It's great. Um, so I didn't say anything to the doctor because I needed the painkillers, but I did say something to my wife. <clears throat> and what we did was she numbered. <clears throat> after I took, you know, whatever I needed for my kidney stone, she started numbering them and and on the outside of the pill bottle. And so next time a kidney stone would come around, I'd take two more as she's looking, <laughs> and, and she would change the number on the bottle. And that... That was a I, I I couldn't I couldn't monitor myself so that was her way of helping me through it. Uh, she's she's been very good at that. Um, my wife's very much I'm again I'm, I'm a very loud, boisterous, and and in your face kind of person. Uh, pretty blunt. Uh, she's not. Um, but with this, she's been everything I needed her to be and more. Um, so yeah, uh, and so to to this day, I've got. I just had a kidney stone a couple of weeks ago. Um, we've we every pill bottle that comes into the house, she checks regularly. Um, yeah, and and so that's that's another thing. I've I've you know another little safeguard because that's like my only real access. I don't know anybody in the drug game anymore. Let's let's be honest. You know what I mean? So, um, and as far as alcohol goes, I I I just don't. I just completely abstain. Um, up until the last year or so, I would have a hard time being around people that were drinking. Now it doesn't bother me, um, but you know it, it just doesn't. I don't. I've got a couple of friends that I'm uh, that I met uh, that didn't know me from before and didn't even know I was an alcoholic at the time. And like they would sit around drinking a beer, and and the first time it happened, I was like, 
huh, that doesn't bother me anymore, you know? And so that's cool to be, to be able to be around people that are responsible, uh, even though it doesn't make sense to me. You're all aliens. But um, well, you were around me and Cameron, both of us drunk, and you were fine. Right. That, well, you said you were fine. I, I was the whole time. I was like, well, I'm and that, sorry. And Caleb. so, and, and y'all, and and that wasn't the first time though. Uh, there, there, I've got other friends. That's why, if that would have been the first time, it wouldn't have bothered me. It would have been a pleasant surprise. But I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I probably would have said something. <laughs> Just be yeah. like, "Hey guys, can we turn it back?" Yeah. But it wasn't the first time. It kind of eased myself back into. It was just like you know, me and a buddy, and he was drinking a beer. Oh, okay, me and a, me and a few friends. Oh, okay, they're drinking. It's fine. And then it got into you know being around y'all when you were still drinking pretty heavily, and that yeah. didn't bother me so much. Probably should have said more to you in in you know because I seen the signs, but you know you live and you learn. Yeah. I didn't know you well enough. I mean. We're still a fairly young friendship, and Cameron and I. This is like our third or fourth time ever hanging out. Um, yeah, I don't... And that first time we hung out was the night that it was after your wedding. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I needed to be up early that next day. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I drank like all of your bullet. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh God, that was bad. Anyway, yeah, so, that that's sorry. the night. No, that was yeah, that was the first time we ever hung out, right? Yeah, not like you then. Mm-hmm. Oh man! Yeah, we were we yeah. hit it we hit it off pretty quick. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, and so uh, you know that doesn't bother me now. So that's cool. But I, I know that I I have to abstain. I just can't. It's like even now uh, I, I quit uh, dipping or chewing tobacco three years ago, almost four years ago. Um, and I and and I can't do that again. I know if I if I ever if I ever put a dip of grizzly in my mouth again, it's never. I'm never stopping again. Um, cigars are, are, are the only tobacco use what's well, cigars and pop tobacco are the only things that I use anymore as far as, as like, but I, but even now I have to have a cigar every night or I can't sleep. Yeah. Like I've even made an, a, 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 you know, addiction out of, out of something as benign as one cigar. Um, I, know. I, that's probably one of the more common addictions out there though. Mm. You know, like I, I, you're definitely not alone in that one. No, and and in all honesty, there are much worse things I could be doing, much worse things I've tried to do. You know what yeah, I mean? So, yeah. um, yeah, man, it, like, so there's there's that in place. I'm trying to think where I was at, uh, what what I was saying to kind of get me to this point. <clears throat> you're talking about uh, you and Jade getting married pretty quick. Oh yeah. After y'all got sober, I, yeah, and and so she she's she's really been solid in the, in that respect, and um, you know, so go even further. Uh, my my son, we 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 had my son. He's he's we adopted him, um, be three years ago in May, and I don't know if you've ever been around a newborn. Newborns are stressful. I don't care what any parent says. I don't care if you birth them out of your own loins, if you were some sort of sperm donor, if you adopted. Newborns suck. I, I, there's no other way to say it. They just do. They're hellacious. You don't sleep. You don't, you, like, you barely eat. You don't brush your teeth for a week, and you're like, why my teeth feel like this? Again, I'm vain about my teeth. Um, <laughs> but, like, but like the, the, the newborns, and it was super stressful. And so, like... I, that was I, I got really close. There was I'm a stay at home dad now. Jade was at work. Kid would not quit crying. Would not would not stop. And and I'm I'm still I'm pretty quick to anger. That's not a not a good quality. But uh, I, I I I don't typically act on it. Um, but 
man, I, I just had to set him down on like a bouncer and run outside. And I put my hand through, I, I literally punched uh, our, our glass out in our uh, window in our garage, um, sliced my hand wide open. It was great. But, uh, and then I come back inside and my first thought, and it scared me to death was I could, I could get a couple of those, those pills. It'd be fine. You know, and that was kind of scary. And then, and then like the next time it was like, I, I could crush a couple of those up and snort them right quick. You know what I mean? Like, like it's it, weird thoughts that would run through your head when you get stressed. And then, uh, yeah, I had a, so I'm in school full time now too. And, uh, had a financial aid mishap, which if you've ever been in college, you know, happens all the freaking time. Yeah. Uh, financial aid offices. Uh, I've got a friend that works in a financial aid office. Um, I'm sure she's great at her job. Um, but she's botched somebody somewhere. And, uh, and so they were like, all right, well, you're going to be kicked out of school if you don't pay, you know, like $4,000 next week. And I'm like, I don't have $4,000 to pay next week. And so uh, I had, for the first time in my life, I had a panic attack. I didn't even know what that felt like. Um, I'm not a panicker. Again, I go, I'm either super chill or like pissed. Like there's no in between for me. And, uh, Man, I had never, I, I, I thought I was going to die. My heart was beating out of my chest. I called my wife, was freaking out. She was at work. She was just like, all right, well, put the kid down and, and don't do anything stupid. And I'm like, okay. And then I called a buddy um, of mine who has since become sober. Um, at this point, he was not. Um, and he, he lives in another state. And I was like, hey, man, do you have any drug contacts in town? Like, <laughs> this... And he's, he's like, all right, hold on. First off, yes, I do. But before I give you any of that contact, like put you in, into touch with any of them, what's going on? And so I explained to him, and he, he has anxiety stuff that he's also working through. And he's like, man, listen. And he's like, you know, I've got no use for religion. He is a, a true, true atheist, um, which... I think is it has really helped me a lot with my own faith, but that's a topic for another day. Um, but talking to him, and he he literally said, "Listen, drugs are not going to help you with this moment, with this with this issue. You need to go pray to whatever God, say whatever you need to say to that person, and and listen to what he says back, or or they say back. I think is what he said. He's you know." <laughs> he doesn't really know the terminology and, uh, and, uh, he's like, you know, and, and you need to just go chill that like, that's not, and it, he goes, and if you do that and you still want it, then, then we'll do it. But, but I, I don't think that's a good idea. And for somebody that doesn't believe to tell me like, Hey, that drugs aren't the answer. That was a very <laughs> sobering, uh, experience, <laughs> um, where I was like, you know what, I, I, sh I should probably find better ways to cope. And so since I have, I've had a couple more panic attacks and, and it's, and it's, and it's not led me to any dark places in my mind where it's like, all right, I need to, you know, crush up a couple of Percocet and snort them or, you know, whatever it's, it's, I, I'm pretty chill. So yeah, that brings us to today. And here I am telling my story to you couple goobers and is that what you said whenever you were saying that the last 12 months have really been really hard for you that's what that's what you, to what you were referring was the financial aid and all that stuff it has nothing to do with the pandemic that's going yeah. on right now yeah no the pandemic doesn't so, being a stay-at-home dad i'm not worried about exposing myself too much to to coronavirus i will say i am 
especially with a with a almost three year old, I'm super vigilant. Like I don't go anywhere without a mask. I carry hand sanitizer in my pocket. Um, I will say the the only thing it's not really pandemic related was I did do some some uh, Black Lives Matter protests. What I really and that's fine, but what I what I really meant was is I just didn't know. First of all, I didn't take into consideration that you were already a stay-at-home dad, so mm -hmm. you already had the idle hands thing going. Or, yeah. And I just didn't know if it was, like, the stress of everything that was going on um, yeah. and all that stuff that would kind of drive like, you to... I, I knew what and, you meant. I, and, I, and even again, before the... I'm just thinking of the timetable. That's how I like to think of things. Um, so, short, sweet answer to your question. No, coronavirus has had no problem. Um, as far as, like, my sobriety, that hasn't affected me. It was me. just your panic attacks. It was... Right. Okay. The... the and, and then... I have had a couple instances, again, from the protest where you just leave pissed and you start questioning everything and you get home and you're like, what am I even staying sober for? Like, what's the point? Mm -hmm. um, you, you know, if those are the type of people that are believing the same things I do, then maybe my sobriety is built on a lie. Like, you, you, you spend that type of stuff. Sure. And so, yeah, you, I have had questions, it, not not directly related to coronavirus, but definitely in that time period sure. that have that have been influenced it, by it. yeah it definitely influenced some 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 rough times do you have any questions because i've got i've got a load of them <clears throat> um well and that like the end uh, like is that is that is that everything i mean i can i can get into details but at that point it's i feel like it's just going to muddy the water so yeah if y'all got questions i think that would be more poignant than my thing is um <clears throat> We, uh, we typically, when we start to get emotional, if we kind of veer away from it, uh, Cameron held me to this. I'm going to hold you to it. You can't hold me to nothing. Try me. I will hold you down, <laughs> buddy. Uh, you started getting emotional about your dad and yeah. talking about that relationship. Um, as far as... <clears throat> As far as you're willing to talk about, like what, how has sobriety impacted that versus how you think your relationship was impacted by your addictions and your abuse of uh, substance? So, <clears throat> if I'm understanding the question right, if I start getting a little off topic, maybe clarify the way Cameron just did. That was that was a good. Okay, yeah, I don't think I phrased it very well, but, but okay, go we'll, for it. we'll try. So. My dad and my relationship was only bad I mean, pretty much from from my high school years, uh, middle school and high school years. Mm -hmm. um, that was all, every bit of it was sports related mm -hmm. uh, or, or church related. Um, and so, uh, to be honest, the way that he treated me and the way that he made my, or formed my mindset, because your parents do have you know, mm -hmm. a, a, at least a hand in how you, <laughs> you, you, you view the world. Uh, that's why parenthood's a hell of a responsibility that most people don't take as seriously as they should, but that's another topic for another day. Amen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, it, a lot of my addiction stuff, especially the working out into the cocaine, uh, came from my dad's pressure. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it was all athletics based. Um, you know, and then we didn't we didn't view religion the same way. Obviously, uh, like I said, I, there were there were there were years of my life that I, I, I 
wanted nothing to do with it and that was so that was everything that that was a lot of his identity um and so uh yeah that that drove a wedge between us mm-hmm. and it got pretty contentious um my 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 dad was was uh not an easy person to get along with um at that moment i mean he was probably for everybody else but for me he embodied everything that i hated because of where it put me in my substance abuse issues how it made you feel about what you were doing yes and so uh fast forward when i got clean like i said dad turned out uh, you know actually like a year or so before i got clean um was super supportive like tv dad supportive like like it was incredible like i got kicked out of school and yeah he was mad and he did the whole like you know you should have done better let's well you know but like at the same time it was like you can do better you're 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 a you're a much better person than than someone that flunks out of school or gets kicked out or you know and like you know just kept telling me how how much better i could i could do things and how much better i, I could be but not in like a, a way that he was in sports where it was like constantly it was it was an uplifting way. It was a different. It was a different tone. Uh, this is about the time my dad's faith changed from what he was raised in traditionally mm-hmm. to he uh, had kind of rebuilt what he believed, um, and and truly, instead of being the hypocrite, lived it out. And I've seen it even in like areas of the home, which is not something I grew up with, mm-hmm. um, seeing from him. And so I've seen the change and I respected that even, even when I wasn't sober. And so to continue to get that support once I got sober meant a whole heck of a lot. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, again, just the feeling of not being, not being judged was cool yeah. uh, from, from my parents that I felt like it judged me my entire life. Does that make sense? Is that into your question? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you think that, the change in your dad and experiencing to, to at the risk of going into some kind of church language, but experiencing a radical change in the way that you were loved from your parents. Do you think that that opened you up to the church and that opened you up to receiving that? Nope. No, no. Um, because there was still a lot of resentment built up. I've so my mom and I told you that our relationship sucked. So is your your relationship with your mother still? No, it's great now. Okay, it's weird. So a similar thing with like what happened with my dad, where I said you know his his faith changed. Um, it took my parents. Um, this is this has been a fairly recent development. Um, I have to think of the time, but I don't want to sit here and waste y'all's time trying to count years. Um, we'll just say we'll just say s- several years ago, uh, my parents moved away. Uh, they moved away from Cleveland and moved up to outside of Nashville. And uh, my mom changed, uh, and and I it it happened very quickly and weirdly to the point where like she started calling me on the phone. And I was like dreading answering the phone because I was like, oh, God, you know, what's this going to be? And then it it, it wasn't a, a bad conversation. And I know that sounds like something little, but for me, someone that had grown up resenting their mother pretty much their entire life, uh, that was huge. 
Uh, so yeah, go ahead. What were you... No, no, no. I'm sorry. I was gonna let you finish your. Okay. Yeah. And so, so when she got to that point, uh, <laughs> I started allowing her back into my life uh, instead of just like being the person I called mom, but you know, never really treated like a mom or you know, viewed as as a real mother. Uh, she she worked her way back in, uh, and and that developed that. F- relationship developed and now here we are years later and uh you know i would i would talk to my mom today like i'm not a mama's boy was never raised that way but uh yeah i talked to my mom at least you know once a week on the phone for over an hour every every week um she's a great grandmother she's been a great mother since then uh all the support that i felt like i was missing in my childhood has been paid definitely in full uh, over the last few years, I know that sounds crazy, but she's went above and beyond, and has. And the biggest thing was she finally acknowledged her part, and especially my sobriety and my mindset of just being angry all the time. She acknowledged, and that was really, you know, therapeutic, cathartic. I don't like. I don't know what, it, but it was. It, it it was like a big weight off off of our relationship. So you got that apology that you needed? It's not really an apology. I mean, I mean, she has apologized, but it was more the acknowledgement meant more to me than the apology because I've seen people apologize and not mean anything. It'd be a mm-hmm. hollow, and she could have said the words at different points in, in my life, and maybe I don't remember because I wasn't sober. One thing that you did say, and I'm sure you're going to remember saying this, though, is uh, you used the term that you were never whooped. Uh, yeah. Do you feel like that? Because I am, I'm very anti-spanking. Like I, 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 well, I think he meant whooped no, as in like no, nobody beat him in a fight. Nah, bro. Yeah, no, no, no. My parents, my parents spanked me. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But no, I was definitely spanked. When I said whooped, I mean I didn't lose. If I lost a fight, I don't remember it. Oh, that it, kind of. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah see, yeah, you can yeah, tell I, I didn't grow up around here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear whoops. I hear my parents, that's what they they said, I'm going to give you a whooping. No, like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. No, no, that's, so a, that's a term that, around here, too, but we also apply that to getting your ass beat on a playground. So. Ah, uh, okay, okay. I'm sorry. I, so, my question, well, then I guess I can just redirect it the other way then. Um, do you think that. Do you think that the the spanking had any kind of bearing on some of the things that you needed to suppress, like how you grew up and some of the things that ended up going into, like that kind of drove you into your addictions and anything like that? Or do you, th- do you think that that was just I don't. something that... Um, especially being a, a parent now, um, I, I don't... I don't spank my son in the way my parents spanked me uh it's it's a it's very much a, a different different experience but i i do do it um do do <laughs> um <laughs> i'm a child um but like i mean if if i didn't smack his hand he he he, he would burn it on an oven that's a thing um you know if 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 I didn't swat him on the butt, because that's as far as we get, it's it's never like again not the way I was raised. With a little swat on the butt, you know, he still wears diapers, so it doesn't even. It's just he would fall off the couch and and would have broke his neck. Like I mean, that's things. So no, um, spanking to me, I guess well, I would, like I just mean in the way that you were in the way, way that so, the way that you were. Not so, not I'm not talking about like don't do that. You know, like no no no. no. I'm just so in about, the way that I spanking no. 
uh, my parents were, this is one of the things they did parenting that I was actually very impressed with um, and has stuck with me is every time I got a spanking, I knew why I got it and, and, and what the purpose behind it was. It wasn't just to beat you. It was, hey, you know, we thought you were going to hurt yourself in this moment or this, you, you know, this is a life lesson you need to kind of take. This is what we were seeing. So that was always constructive. What, um, I know, because I mean, and I know that uh, we already, I, I kind of started down this, but then we stopped and then I knew we were going to come back to this. Whenever you went back into the church and you said all of your friends kind of fell off, it mm -hmm. was very reminiscent of what happened the other way around, like all your friends ended up leaving the party scene and going to the church. Then you kind of found your way there. And then they all left and went back to the party scene, but you stayed firm. Yeah. What do you think was the difference there? In uh, was it because I mean, you were even, <clears throat> even whenever you were partying and all your friends went to church, your now wife was still in the picture. Mm -hmm. And then like, what was, what was different about why going didn't I follow them the way I did the first time? Not, not necessarily going back, but you like, I can imagine how that would be a lonely feeling like staying in the party scene. Cause I've done that. That's mm -hmm. happened to me where it, and I never, I didn't necessarily go back into the church and then people didn't end up leaving me after that. Like all my friends, like I, it was just one of those things that I partied all my friends that partied went away. Then I hung out with all my drug friends and then I just left that and I left that all behind. So I don't, I, I don't know what it would have felt like to go kind of back into it, follow your friends and then lose them again. What was, what was different about the situation the second time around? Huh. Was it your, was you know, it your wife's relationship that y'all were more honest with each other at this point? Was she, I mean, obviously she's your rock, but right. was she more so your rock? Was it the, the it, church? Was it a mental thing? Like you were more mature or something like that? So I think it's a little bit of all that, actually. It's something I've never considered. Uh, actually, you're making, you're making connections that I had never made there because there are a lot of mirrors there. Um, when they left, I left the, the, it was a little tiny, very, it, looking back, I don't know how I ever wound up being at this church for any extended period, but I was there for a while. This wasn't the church your buddy? Yeah, the, that church. Preached. Yeah, okay, yeah okay. that church. We wound up staying there. And basically, honestly, we, we kind of took the church over. Uh, we were a bunch of young kids <laughs> full, full, of, full of energy. And that's something that church didn't have. They, I think the median age before we got there was like, you know, 72. Um, <laughs> and, and, uh, you know, and, and so, so when they left, I decided I wasn't going to stay in that church anymore. The, that the, the thing that kept me there in that particular church was, was their friendship and the things that we were doing when they fell off. Um, it just wasn't worth it for me. It was me fighting an uphill battle uh, with that church, so I left. Um, why I didn't follow them back into that was it's equal parts. Like I did find a church that was supportive and allowed me to to share my story uh, openly, uh, which ultimately wound up being my demise at that church. But that's a conversation for a whole other podcast. God, that's an hour. Um, but. Uh, yeah, they 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 were open. They they allowed me to be me. They allowed me to 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 use use whatever platform they they basically would would open open it all up for me and just say you know whatever you need to say you've lived it. This is something people need to hear, um, especially in our area. You know, drug use is pretty rampant. So like you know, if we can get the kids, and so I was still you know barely twenty. <laughs> 
And uh, so that had a lot to do with it, um, just feeling supported at the church. And then there was a maturity aspect. Uh, I definitely was not the same person by the time they all fell away. Um, I wasn't dependent on on those relationships anymore. I, I don't know. I don't really know why. I wish I could could pinpoint it, but uh, like e- even now, I, I, it's it it it. it I think we've kind of talked about this. I view friendship differently and I value people differently. And that probably has a lot to do with it. Um, and so I didn't value them at that point because I lost a lot of respect for them when they kind of gave up and I was still going strong and was still trying to hold them accountable. Like I did everything I could, literally. They burned the bridges. I extended every courtesy to them to kind of help them not lose their sobriety, but they did. And uh, so that lost a lot of respect and lost their friendship lost a lot of value to me. Uh, so that probably played a part in it. Um, again, my my wife, uh, we got married at this point, so she, her being around, you know, twenty four seven pretty much um, helped. Um, our, our relationship grew, and our marriage uh, grew very quickly, like very very quickly uh, when we just had each other. So that probably did have a lot to do with it. Do you think that it was a? Um, do you think it was like kind of a compart, like you being able to compartmentalize losing them hmm. once already? Well, that might have something to do with like it. you're like you like you had already lost them once, so it was just easy for you to just kind of jump right back on that right back on that horse. Probably, yeah. I, again, this is stuff I don't know that I've ever really thought about, or if I have, it's been a while. Because uh, again, honestly years ago at this point over 10 since since the last one of them completely fell away but yeah uh that probably does have something to do with it i, I wish i could speak a little more eloquently about it or ad, ad nauseum but I, I don't really have uh i know that this might be one of the most obvious questions about all of this but i i i don't want you to take this for as simple as it sounds i, re- I really want you to kind of think about like how deep this question could actually be, but could you have done this without your wife? No. I couldn't. Yeah. Uh, I, I've established I have no self-control. Um, I, you know, <laughs> even like the gaming thing, I, I have, I make addictions out of everything I come into contact with. It's it's crazy. You know, I if I love it, it's going to become an addiction. And so um, she's what keeps me grounded and like I said, she's not a confrontational person, but the fact that she's willing to have <clears throat> the those confrontations uh, is what is probably what what helped me the most because um, I need that in my life. I need to be challenged. Um, I need I, I like to speak a lot of truth and like I said, very bluntly to people. So I like that in return. And she does that for whatever reason she's found a very strong voice with me and it and it's helped me um keep me sober so no i I don't think i would have would have been able to could you have done this without god Hmm. like if your wife and everything was still in the picture you could you have done this without religion that's that's a little more complex but so I'm going to speak a little longer on that one that's why that's like i was setting it all up for like for that and 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 not trying to, and I'm not just just to be completely just open. Like I I consider myself an atheist too, and this is not 
this is not me trying to talk you out of your religion. I'm one of a those. A lot of people, my best friends are atheists. Yeah, You're I, not breaking my heart at all. Yeah, I'm one of those people that really <clears throat> believe like if that's what you need in your life, then please, I'm not going to try and talk you out of it. It's just, it, just to me, it's just not what I believe. But so, but that's just why I'm just asking about this, just no. because my yeah. my mental process, whenever it comes to that, just is not the same as yours. So I'm genuinely asking, like, where do you see yourself if there was no religion in all of this? So this is again, this is a very complex answer, but yes, I do. Um, I think that's been proven. People get sober. Uh, my friend, that's an atheist. I'm, I talked about lives in another state. We we are in pretty much constant contact. Um, I know people have. But, I mean, just, religion is just very big with you right now. So that's, that's just why I ask. I've seen too many people get sober without religion and do just fine. I do think I would have either... I, I would have I been dead already uh, the rate I was going. Um, or I would have gotten sober. Like th- that's the only two options. I wouldn't have been able to keep living the way I was. Like that's just not a that's not a thing that could have could have happened. Dead or in jail kind of thing. Yeah, it's it's that. Like it, definitely. Um, so yeah, I, I do think that it's a possibility. Um, do I think I would have stayed sober? or turned into some sort of productive member of society and have the life that I have now without religion, no. Um, I would not have been able to marry my wife. Uh, Our relationship would have ended one way or the other, even if I would have been sober. Um, Because that's something that, 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 that helped us grow. Um, I would not have been able to have my son um, because my religion is what led me to adoption being a viable option. Um, not And just want to clarify, we, we didn't adopt because we have fertility issues. We adopted because that was a choice we made. Um, and so that wouldn't have happened. And I, I can't imagine not having my son right now. Like that, that, you're, that, that's about to get all sorts of emotions welling up. But, um, Yeah, so long story short, yes, I do think sobriety would have been an option without religion, but I don't think it would have been a lasting sobriety, um, or, I, or I wouldn't have turned as productive as what I have turned out to be, you know, even if that is subjective, <laughs> um, you know, if, as if I, if I would have had not had religion. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah do you, <clears throat> uh, piggybacking on that, um, how would you say your sobriety has shaped your view of your religion? <laughs> by that I mean, by that I mean, like I love that laugh. I can't wait for this. Answer. <laughs> <laughs> by that I mean, has do you feel like you've gained any insights, or you've had more of an open mind because of your background, or you maybe you lean more towards one thing because that's what you get most out of it and other people lean a different way. <clears throat> so one of the best things that I ever did, and it's becoming a very uh, popular thing with people our age and younger, um, is I deconstructed my faith. Uh, I got back into church and I start reading the Bible, which I had not done in God, since I was like elementary school, and uh, I start seeing that that the story of of 
of these these people or characters, depending on your leanings, uh, <laughs> were 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 not were not as 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 I had been been told. They were they were they were so much more complex. They were people with with real issues. Um, real lessons to be learned from their lives. Yeah, you could see, you could really see the humanity in there when you look for it. I could see the, 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 the e- even if you don't believe, I could see the value in the content. Definitely. Yeah. That I had Definitely. not been raised to look at. It was, you just accept what I'm saying and go with it. And so I deconstructed my faith and I've, and, and deconstructed, I mean, even my, my everything, I mean, down to, and, <laughs> This is you're gonna love my view on creation, <laughs> my view on uh, the afterlife, my my view on daily life. Like I, I mean, it's it, I found that it's all completely different than I, I shouldn't say completely different. It's the majority of it is is different than drastically different. drastically. That's a better word for it. I couldn't come up with the term there. Uh, drastically different than what I had been raised to view. Uh, my my. What I was, what I, what they would have called faith, what I would have called, you know, knowledge, because uh, those are completely different things, um, and and so because I also feel that they lack knowledge, but that's neither here nor there. Um, so so, yes, I do think my my being out in the world and seeing that there that there's that there are good people that aren't Christian would have been something that that most people that I grew up around and and the people that. <laughs> that that would have liked to have called themselves Christians, they they can say they see they value human life, but they don't really value human life. They value the human life that looks like them and believes the way they do. And so to see good people that value life that are completely different and have no religious standard for it, man, that blew my mind. Hmm. And like again, the hypocritical nature of church culture uh, was something that I am completely just against and 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 turned off uh, like I, i've i've had a really hard time especially this year you know going back it's kind of a protest thing but it's i mean it goes beyond that it's also somewhat political of you know we but i i i'm i'm turned off by the amount of people that that say again like even even life that say they value life, but have no value for anybody that doesn't look and act and believe exactly like they do. Um, <clears throat> and and f- having been one of those people, I can say, you know, that I truly value people's lives because of where I've been in mine. Yeah. And and can see what they would call the image of God in, in people that don't even believe God exists. The... Uh it's it's so funny because there's there are so many parallels with with your story and mine that uh, some things I didn't even bring up in my episode just because I didn't feel like that not that I didn't feel like it was relevant it just just didn't really come up but I never really suffered from panic attacks either until about it was either the end of 2018 or the beginning of 2019 about the same time but. <laughs> And and you always hear about stuff like that, like people suffer from panic attacks. And the the funny thing about my first panic attack is, I was I was working and uh, one of my friends had collapsed in it, at work, and um, having people 
that have died in front of me, mm-hmm. um, she had that look in her eye. And I, I the military is very good about keep teaching you to compartmentalize stuff. And I never really allowed myself to really properly deal with that. And so whenever I saw her have that look in her eyes, um, it really, t- like, for lack of a better term there, but it triggered me. It really did. Because it was out of context. Uh, yeah, yeah. And it was like, that was supposed to be my past. And this yeah. is like right here in front of me now. And so I was working something and I felt something inside of me that I'd never felt before. And so I go, and it, this is so funny that how this broke down, and I know, that I'm, I'll get to my question here in a second, but uh, it was so funny that it took me going into my office and looking at my boss and say, I, I didn't know what else to say, and all I said was, I'm not okay. And just right then and there, <laughs> I just, boom, the yeah. worst panic, because I've had panic attacks since then, but none as bad as that first one. Mm-hmm. And... It took me admitting that I wasn't okay to really show, uh, to really start growing and processing everything. And I was just meaning like I felt weird. I didn't know that it was like a, like an underlying message of like mentally I'm not okay either. Yeah. And so it really took a lot of steps for me to learn from that. And ever since then, every panic attack that I've ever had, it it has. I know that they're not you're not supposed to have them because they're so bad for your body physically, but in the end, like every time I have one, I learn something from it. Mm-hmm. Do you think that the panic attack that you had and have had since that first one, do you think that has really helped your sobriety more than uh because I know that you said that it helped like you struggled with it and you reached out to your friend and said that um and you said, and you said that uh, you you needed like you needed to get in touch with some drug dealers and stuff like that because yeah. of the panic attack. But since then, do you think that it has helped you more with your sobriety, even mm. though it kind of hindered you there for at least the briefest of moments? A hundred percent. Yeah, um, because <clears throat> it pointed out some blind spots in my life that I previously would not have been aware of. Um, I, I, I found that I, I mean, that, that works on a lot of different areas, but I, I've, I've found that like, what am I, what am I trying to say? I, I may value certain things differently than what I like to think that I do. Does that make sense? My, my priorities are different than, than I maybe arrogantly think that I have them set up. As. If you don't mind my asking, like how so? Like what? What? What sort of priorities <clears throat> that were and are now? Hmm, that's good. Uh, like, so like we'll go back to like the school thing because that's like the the one that I can recall the exact trigger. Like that was the that was all I could focus on. Was I? I, I learned that I value my family. Like, I, I couldn't be a father in that moment. My son was screaming and crying, and I had to set him down so I could take care of myself, which is a good thing, but at the same time, he still needed me, and I couldn't I couldn't be there for him. And so I found that as much as I like to think that I prioritize my family, maybe I didn't prioritize them as much as I did school. And so that kind of put that in perspective. So since then, 
every semester since then, uh, I've had some sort of financial aid issue um, <laughs> because, you know, I'm doing school all online too, so that also adds an added layer of inefficiency, we'll say. And uh, I haven't had panic attacks because of it. Um, because I realized, like, hey, at the end of the day, like, what's the worst that happens? I have to, you know, get the money fixed eventually or, you know, I take a little bit of time off school. But I'm, I'm, at the end of the day, my son's still there. He still needs me. I still need to be a good father. And that, and school has no bearing on how good of a father I am. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It, <clears throat> in my own sobriety, in my very limited scope of it, what I've realized, and I think that this is kind of uh, kind of related to what you're talking about, what I've realized is when I was drinking, when I was, you know, abusing a substance because it was a, a coping mechanism for me, I realized that I was limiting my ability to learn and grow from uh, negative situations. And uh, I was just curious because it seems like you would agree, but I'm just curious, like what your what your opinion is of of uh, that being 13 years into your sobriety now. Is that is that like a common thread? Is that something that you'd still say is true? Yes, or? 100%. I found I've grown more as a person because of my ability to handle situations. My only response when I was when I was drinking, uh, especially, was anger. Mm-hmm. Like there, there, I had no other, you said it was kind of a coping and it's kind of like, that was my only response to any situation was if I get angry enough and mad enough, I can beat this thing in submission. You know what I mean? Like I can, I can bend it to my will or, or I, if I get mad enough, it'll just go away. Like they'll, they'll just not want to deal mm-hmm. with it. And, and I've learned that, that that's not how the world works. And so I've developed other tools, um, other pieces of my personality to, to, handle things a little more and you know I still have an anger issue let's not you know not sugarcoat it but I do I don't I don't use that as every situation I'm not a one-trick pony anymore I've, yeah. I've, I'm at least a, a miniature uh you know Leatherman tool it's uh, <laughs> not quite a Swiss army knife no no just, no no, no. Yeah. And, and not even one like not not even one not even one of the good Leathermans I'm talking about one of the knockoffs you find, you see at a gas station uh the ones that Cabela's like give you for free whenever yeah, you yeah, sign up yeah, for the yeah, credit yeah, card yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you spend $25 and they give it to you yeah it's like oh it comes with 19 tools but one of them's a plastic toothpick <laughs> oh <laughs> but I'll <laughs> you should see what I do with a plastic toothpick though <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> What um, that sounded sexual. Yeah, I, took I it thought sexually. it was. I was waiting for. I was, I was like, please keep going, guys. Did you bring m- one? Listen, y'all. Y'all have both seen my wife. She is much better looking than me. Plastic toothpick <laughs> is much better than what I'm working with. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke. I'm like a horse. <laughs> a, um, a miniature pony. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, Sebastian. Yeah. Nice. Nice. What um, half mast is too damn high? <laughs> Thanks, Ron. <laughs> what uh, you mentioned whenever you tried to talk to your mom about all of this—that you got ten minutes into it and she said, "All right, that's maybe a, ten minutes. That's, <laughs> that's enough." If if that were me, I would take that as because my. My relationship with my dad is kind of like that, where I I already know I can't tell him stuff because even if I say one thing, we don't even have to have a 
30 second conversation. If I say one thing, he clams up and he doesn't he doesn't want to hear any of it. And that always bothers me. It always does. Yeah. And this was the first time that you've ever really opened up to your mom about this and she even asked for it. Mm-hmm. And then it got too real for her. Mhm. What what did that do to you mentally if it did anything at all? Nothing. I expected it. Um, again, at that point, my mom and I, our relationship was not great. So um, I knew that she didn't really want to know. Not that I sensationalized anything. I didn't really have to. Um, I mean, y'all have heard some of my stories. We've shared stories. Um, some of them get pretty nuts. Some, and so, like, I didn't spare her any details where I probably should have and just covered it with a broader stroke instead of, you know, fine-lining it. And uh, so, yeah, I, I expected it. It didn't hurt my psyche at all. If, if anything, it, it, it was it was funny, and we still kind of laugh about it. Um, my, okay. my my parents, even to this day, we still don't like. If I if I start talking about a story, they'll both kind of go glassy eyed. And I'm like, I get it. Okay, I'll, I'll move on. You know, it it doesn't it doesn't hurt me. That it's fine. All, all they know they know enough, and they have quit judging me for it. And so I'm I'm cool with that as long as we're at an understanding. Okay, because the way the way that I took it was is it didn't seem it was like jokey. It seemed like your mom was just like, oh, too real. Please stop. Like, oh, it, she it, wasn't joking. I was I, at that point. I thought I found it humorous. I found the humor. Okay, in it. okay. It's another coping mechanism. But, turning, but it, turning everything into humor. Yeah, but then y'all can. If you uh, would you, you you progress past the point to where you don't have to talk about it, but but you know like. Uh, it's it's not like it's uh, something that she needs to know to not judge you for. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, to be honest, I wouldn't want to know everything in my mom's past. Yeah. I, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> you know, See, I, like I, it goes both ways. I, I get it. Like, there are certain parts I wish she would have probably told me, but there are, you know, other parts that I'm glad I don't know. Like, I don't want to know how I got here. That's, you know, the most obvious. So. Yeah. Uh, See, like with with my parents, uh, we've always been open about some stuff, uh, but not others. Like, I know you both have uh, at least one parent that you can be completely open with, and uh, like before I even got sober, like when I got out of the Navy, I was home for a little bit uh, before I came back up to to Cleveland, <clears throat> and there was one night. My dad and I just stayed up late and we were watching movies and like I don't even know what brought this on, but he uh before he we went to bed he was like, Son, you know, your mom and I aren't stupid. And I was like, I didn't say you were, but okay. Like That's always a good lead in. And uh and he goes, We don't have to know everything you've done. And we won't ask. I was like Okay. Like at the time I was like, yeah. And then now I'm like, I kind of feel like, I don't know. Part of me feels like they don't know as much of me as they could. Mm-hmm. And that's a little, I mean, I don't know. There's not a question of this. It's just, it's just kind of like, I don't know if I envy it or if I'm like, you know, uh, do I like, you know what I mean? Would I want my parents to know all this stuff? Okay, see, I'm, I've always been very open and I don't think that that's ever a thing that I can ever shake. So if you ever want to, and I, of course, you're absolutely right. I don't tell my parents about every single sexual encounter that I've ever had. I know that there are families out there that have that, and I think that that's better than keeping 
everything away. So, like, if I had to pick between one or the other, I would rather be way too open than not enough. But still, like, if 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 I ever need to talk about things, I'm not just going to... I'm not someone that just paints with a broad brush. Like, it, to me, details are always important, and why, and how, and all this stuff. And that's, that's why I get into the nitty-gritty yeah. that a lot of people would probably say too much and i was like that's actually the right amount that you need to know for the story trust me i held back some yeah and and i but as much as i I, like i uh i love that they've extended me the benefit of the doubt kind of i gotta do the same with them um if if they can't handle it or they think it's going to hinder our relationship i'm just going to trust it Mm. at this point that's something that they've earned uh it's not something that that i gave very freely um but uh, you know, if if they say enough's enough, like even now, my my she's kind of toned back on it a little. Um, but like my, my mom, I, I like to make co- cocaine jokes um, quite often about you know stuff I did. And but e- even now, she's she'll she'll be like, all right, okay, you know, and that that's like kind of our code word for okay, that you know, stop that that's not funny, and, and like and like. So I just have to to you know just be like okay they're still they're still my my parents are young my parents were very young which also plays into you know some of how they dealt with me as a child um, they were they were they were inexperienced so I got I also have learned to take that into account but um, you know if, if they were still raised somewhat traditional and were traditional most of my life so if 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 what I'm saying is going to bother them to the point where they're they're they have to say because they they know at this point I I feel very comfortable and need to talk about some of that stuff. If they're if they're to the point where they're like, all right, that's enough, then I've just got to respect that. You know what I mean, and not yeah. take any offense to it. Yeah, and I think that's a maturity thing on your end. Like seriously, that's something that that's that's something that I've definitely got to learn, and I've I have gotten better at it, but I. And once again, I'm not. That wasn't me trying to say that you were wrong or anything like that. I didn't that. take I just, it that way. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just that's just how I've always thought. And getting to that point is would be very big for me mentally too, because I've just always just been super open about a lot of things that I probably shouldn't be open about. I know that you've been, I wouldn't say critical, but you've pointed that out to me before. You know, like with the whenever I first started talking to you about you know who, uh, back in Texas, the, uh-huh. the, uh, like one of the first things that I ever said to you that I said to her is that I've slept with over a hundred women and you were like, easy Barney. You're like, dude, like why? Yeah, dude, I know. <laughs> you're like, dude, why do you always have to like say stuff like that to people? Especially whenever it's the first time that you're ever really like talking to them about things. Well, and, well like, I think that's not this, trying to make this, this about me. I'm yeah, just, yeah, I'm just yeah. saying like where, like, yeah, where I, I need I, to get. Uh, and where I used to be. As somebody who uh, spent most of my life pushing people out, the reason why I called that out is uh, I think that's how you're wired, but I also think you use it to push people out before they get mm-hmm. a chance. And so you say, here's my worst. Yeah. Oh, you're still yep, oh, sure. you're still here? Like, okay, maybe, maybe now <clears throat> you've passed my test. Like... You know, I'll, I'll be comfortable letting you in, and I think that's probably something that Caleb doesn't have an issue with. <laughs> mm. I, I I I agree, but I also do a similar version of what you're talking about here. Okay, 
pretty much everybody I meet, if we have more than a five second conversation, you're going to know I was an addict. Like that's, I'm going to make a joke. Typically that's the easiest way to break into it. And then like, oh yeah, by the way, that wasn't a joke. Like, you know, like (laughs) I've, I've seen it happen so many times, make, make a joke and everybody's laughing and one person's like, uh, he's not joking. And then he goes, by the way, I was an addict. And they go, uh, <laughs> and, and yeah. And so it's kind of the, kind of the, kind of, kind of the sniff test. Like that's me. Like, are you going to, you going to accept me as a friend or, yeah, cause you, you know, like I, I get it. You, you want people to know up front, like it's better than, than to surprise them. But at the same time, probably should find a little bit better way than just, Hey, I've slept with a hundred women. Yeah. Here's my well, once again, there's more. There's more context to it. But yeah, <laughs> I'm it sure there. I'm the, sure there is. I didn't I'm, just, I'm just walk up to her and be like, "Hey, <laughs> guess what?" And then run away <laughs> without swaying my arms. You, you know? should just run. Just you should run do like that. Yeah. Like Napoleon Dynamite. You know. <laughs> so, uh, do you have any more questions? I was gonna say, like uh, the the only I guess question I would I would say is, um, and th- this is our listeners don't know, but. Cameron now has decided to get sober, so he's over a month mm-hmm. sober. I am getting close to the six month mark. Um, God, that's Isn't that awesome. Damn, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> like it doesn't even feel. Like, I, no. I remember having that conversation with you over the phone where you said, "You know what? I think I'm going to get sober." Yeah, like, and uh, like I remember that like it was yesterday. It's the yeah. COVID time paradox, man. Dude, crazy, man. Yeah, everything that's happened crazy. today. Uh, but anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> What would you say, like, what advice would you give to people who are new to being sober as somebody who's, who's been down the road, seen it all? Uh, what would you say is, like, the best advice that you can, you can give to somebody who's still in the freshness of, like, like I um, still remember what it feels like. Yeah. Um. If you need something, mm-hmm. let someone know. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the the best advice I can give because oftentimes I've seen my issues as a burden, um, especially when I was just getting into it. I was I was a burden to everybody around me. If if I needed to talk about me struggling, you know, because the pills were in the house or whatever, like <clears throat> that's you're not a burden to the people around you. They they will they you, you they will support you and if they don't then you need to find a, a new set of friends or or you know cut that toxicity out of your life because um you're you're not a burden sobriety is is not a is not a a a, a cross that you can bear on your own to use a little christian imagery there um you need people to help you along um you're you're not going to do it yourself. If if you do, if you, if you think you can, you're you're just setting yourself up for failure. I've never seen, and I'm sure there are some out there. There's an exception to every rule, but in my 13 years and multiple times of walking through it with people, I've never seen someone successfully do it themselves. So if you need something, let somebody know. It it's it's as, it's as simple as that. It's difficult in the moment. It's easy to talk about now, but it's difficult in the moment. But like. If you're hurting, if 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 you're feeling the 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 need to just give it all away, it, it, find somebody. It's it's better to push people away because they made the choice um, to you know not be there for you than 
than for you to make the choice for them. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, completely. We didn't talk about this beforehand. Yeah, we didn't we didn't warn you. Is the but Spanish Inquisition coming? No. The Inquisition. Let's, Let's begin. begin. <laughs> Look out, Sin. We have a mission I'm glad to convert that. the Jews. <laughs> so I because I know I know that we have our plan. Like if if you don't want to, that's totally fine. But uh, we like to we, we like, like to end with a laugh. We like to end with a laugh. Mm, like, well, you should. Do you have a, a a story from your non-sobriety days that would kind of end this on a high note? Not something like, that ha, yeah, hi. like not to hey, ha. not to not to not to uh, like we glorify it or no, anything. But, just but just something that's. Like a funny. It's a thing like, that I happened. Can't might that as well. <laughs> there, there might as well be some sort of fun, you know, hum, yeah. humor kind of hills yeah. wounds type thing. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> if if you if you don't like want feel comfortable or whatever, Mal and mm. I have our we have like a like a co story ready to go. Yeah, you. you I've got I, there. There are plenty of stories and and most of mine weren't funny. Um. Again, I was a very angry, drunken drug user. So like. Even I've I've never seen a, a, a you know angry stoner, but I was. <laughs> um, but I, I there there is one moment. So it, it's the it's the one I laugh about probably the most because people listen to the way that my southern drawl is. It, it my, my 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 southern ease isn't that bad, but it's still there. It's it's a thing. Yeah. And uh, so. Y'all will appreciate this. I was a huge Eminem fan. Okay, was what? Well, I mean, I still am, but let's be His honest. New CD is awful. Well, let's be, let's be honest. I got a I I I have a three year old. My language is bad um, for 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 a three year old. To, so I try to not listen to music that has bad words in it because he's also often in the truck with me, and the last thing I need my son talking about is smacking a hoe. And yeah, I was about to say I don't think language is the biggest problem with Eminem. <laughs> no, but but like I, I, I you know <laughs> I also have a bit of a road rage issue. Uh, Mal knows, um, so I've got I've had I've got to really watch what I'm taking in because I I that that often tends to make me loosen my tongue a little bit and use language a little more colorful than a three-year-old should probably be hearing. Uh, because you don't want your three-year-old looking at your mother and saying the F word, and then you got to answer those questions. Um, but I, I was and still am a big Eminem fan, okay? That's that's an important clarification. I wouldn't. I don't know any of his new music to, uh, the way I did the other ones. I, to be honest, uh, the Eminem show, to me, that album is one of the the better albums that he ever did. I liked the, not a lot of people did, but I enjoyed it, um, especially. And I connected with Eminem, um, a large part because of the uh, the mother thing. <laughs> it's, you know, yeah. So, so that being said, I, I was hammered drunk one night. Okay, like couldn't even hide it anymore. I was hammered. Right, we had been partying. And uh, this was at UTC, or uh, the college I was at. I don't know if that matters. Eh. Nah. I've said Lee multiple times. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so UTC, fine. University of Tennessee, Chattanooga. And uh, so I'm, I'm there living on campus and hammered drunk. 
and I decided I needed to go outside and have a cigarette at that exact moment. I had already smoked a lot, but for whatever reason, it was like two in the morning. I needed a cigarette right there, and I was going to die. So my roommates walked out with me because I was barely able to stand up on my own. They were great. And so we're outside sitting on this park bench in a courtyard area, and campus security patrolled quite often because there's a large homeless population, and they had been a lot of attacks um, that were at least blamed on the homeless people, just, you know, whether it was or not, not I don't know, I'm not an investigator. So we're sitting on this park bench. One of these campus security people walked by. It happens to be a, a attractive, very attractive female security guard. Okay. Uh, yeah. I decided that was the moment that I was going to hit on her. So I started hitting on her. That, Of course, it was going to go nowhere, and she knew I was drunk, but she was not going to, you know, turn me in for that, thank God. And uh, I decided it was a good idea to sing the song Superman by Eminem. (laughs) Again, with my southern drawl, I'm actually a halfway decent Eminem mimicker. We'll we'll call it that. And, uh, yeah, I I got through the entire song. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) No joke. At one point, I got up and was grinding on her leg. (sighs) And she just laughed. <laughs> she just laughed. I thought for like when I woke up the next morning, I thought, oh God, like how did I not wind up, you know, in jail or whatever? But my my roommates said she started laughing, so they like just let it happen. And uh yeah. And uh by the end she's like, All right, y'all need to get him back inside and they uh, they walked me back in. But yeah, that that it's just it's just funny. You know, me just the idea of me hitting on a security guard. Yes. Whether she was actually attractive or not, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> yeah, it does bear goggles. In, in, anything in, can in, be attractive. In, in my mind, she was great. She might have been a tree trunk. She was effing. <laughs> yeah, but, but dude, in my mind, she was Halle Berry. She may have been Viola Davis in that new Netflix special. I don't know. Uh, but but uh, no, man. Yeah. So I I wrapped my my love for her. Uh, yeah. What a what an interesting song to choose to proclaim your love. Yeah. It was the sexiest thing I guess I could come up with when I was drunk that I knew the words Put to. Put anthrax on a Tampax and smack and slap you, you till you, you can't, can't stand. stand. Yeah. Didn't mean to ruin your plans. <laughs> End up with two back hands. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's love right there. I, for whatever reason, but but you know that B and, it, and like Jenna Jameson's oh, in the video dude, or whatever. Like, dude, like, it's it is it's it a, is a sexy, sexy sounding song. song. Yeah. I mean, let's let's be honest. Like, it it, it is sexy sounding. Lyrically, not at all. No, yeah. But yeah, I wanted yeah. her to call me Superman, mm-hmm, and that did mm-hmm. not happen. Thank well, God. now we know what you're into. <laughs> that, that's that's a whole other topic. It could, it could, it could be worse. It could be worse. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, yeah, that was. Wow. Yeah, that that, that I just love that story because it, it makes me laugh thinking of, of 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 dumb drunk Caleb just. Basically, dry humping this lady, this <laughs> officer's leg, <laughs> and her just laughing about it and like, get him inside. I, at least I had some sort of endearing quality, I guess. I don't know. It's, it's yeah, a... she, yeah, that was nice. That was nice of her to <laughs> not take offense to that. Which I mean, we've, all, we've all been there. Here's the thing. Maybe. I like, I, and I'm sure y'all have these stories too. I like to imagine what she's like. Her telling that story has. Oh, yeah. She's oh, yeah. got to be telling that story. Because I can promise you on UTC's campus, 
I was near the wildest. Like that, that I was very much, very much had that reputation. And, and, and so she couldn't have ran into too many people that were singing Superman, mm-hmm. especially in, 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 in this Tennessee accent. Yeah. <laughs> word for word, hammered drunk <laughs> with the audacity to move his hips a little. Elvis. <laughs> and he was from Memphis, right? Yeah, yeah. So they say. Well, all right. Well, this was this is good, man. Yeah, this is real good. Yeah, yeah. appreciate it, guys. Yeah, we'll we'll have to have you uh, drop by another time. No, oh yeah, never again. I'm done. This has been the worst experience of my life. All right. Yeah. That's the point. <laughs> that's that's like that's that's every time I've I've ever had sex with someone. That's just all that they. Say. <laughs> that's oh. what, that's how they end it. You start that's out it, with that's, that's, I've slept with a hundred women, and they end with that was the worst experience of my life. Yes, I've heard that several times. <laughs> Why would you bring that up? Mm. And now you know why we brought that up. Yeah. That's how we end, by the way. I like it. (laughs) Because we're too cool. It's stupid. It's no, it's no, uh, it's no Walter Cronkite, I guess. (laughs) Or not so.